Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to CBS Audio's Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Phil Briggs. I'm a Navy veteran, and every week I get a chance to look at the issues of the day through the eyes of my fellow military vets. Now, sometimes we get a military veteran expert in here to talk about the issues in the news, And other times, we'll talk about the issues that uniquely affect veterans. But I tell you, every episode will bring you fascinating guests with incredible stories to share. My goal every week is simple. Bring you something informative and something that will inspire the hell out of you. This is the news and stories about the veteran lifestyle. This is Eye on Veterans. On today's show... We're going deeper into our discussion of vets, violence, and the dark forces playing us like pawns in a social media war. So the young woman who was tragically shot and killed, uh, Ashley Babbitt, she was a veteran. Because you guys refuse to choose America, America over your stupid political party. This death, Goldsmith writes, is on their hands. So I first discovered the fake Vietnam Veterans of America organization, um, which was run by uh, Bulgarians and Russians. And we have seen an assault on our democracy that hasn't happened since the War of 1812. All right. And I want to begin this show by building off where we left last week, where we talked about the rally that turned riot at the U.S. Capitol. And we gathered over the last several days from some of the images we were seeing that some of the people that trashed the U.S. Capitol were also believers in online conspiracy theory groups like QAnon. While we want to be clear, 
I am in no way saying that all Trump supporters think like this. What I am saying is that there's a connection that is veteran-related. And that's why I'd like to turn now to my veteran colleague, former Army Ranger and writer-reporter Jack Murphy. Jack, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Phil. How's it going, man? I'm just rolling with the insurrection. How are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, like, man, who knew it was going to come to this? And... You know, I've even received some emails from listeners that said, you know, hey, you're just, you know, piling on and you're just making this about President Trump and it's a, you know, it's not his fault and he's not doing anything. And I want to be clear. I want to stay out of the political lane here. I'm not trying to, like, even get into yeah. that. You've done some interesting reporting, not only on the chaos on the Capitol last week, but now you've been actually reaching out and talking to some individuals. Um, share with me what you're uncovering in your reporting over this last week. I think that one of the first places to look as far as, you know, our audience and what we're concerned with, Phil, is the number of veterans who have been uh, who participated in this rally turned riot turned insurrection uh, in Washington, D.C. last week. So the young woman who was tragically shot and killed, uh, Ashley Babbitt, she was a veteran. Uh, we know now that there was a Army psychological op- operations officer, uh, Emily Rainey, who was uh, she's uh, she was active duty. She resigned her commission already over some like COVID. She's a no masker, so she was pulling some some stunts uh, already that led to her resigning her commission. Uh, and then there was the uh, Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, retired Lieutenant Colonel uh, Larry Brock who was there on the floor of uh, the house um, running around, you know, kitted up wearing a plate carrier and a helmet. Uh, And I can just tell you based on my own investigation, I have identified two former special forces soldiers who were there. Damn. Yeah. And really you don't have to look very far either. I mean, I just saw this morning on Twitter, somebody at ABC sharing a video that uh, is of retired seal Adam Newbold There was destruction breaching the Capitol, our building, our house. And um, to get in, you had to destroy doors and windows uh, to get in. Um, What did get destroyed, uh, and they're obviously trying to overcome now, again, maybe they just didn't get the message. Unfortunately, I'm hoping the message was strong enough. Unfortunately, maybe it wasn't. I hate to see this escalate more. Now, as we dig deeper, you know, we look beyond just going there and we try to understand why. We try to understand why somebody that wanted to exercise their First Amendment rights at a rally in Washington, D.C., which is perfectly fine. What makes them go that next step? What makes them want to go and do something criminal like breaking and entering and, you know, charging a building? Um. What have you learned a little bit about some of these groups some of them follow? Well, I mean, you're right to say groups because this was not a monolithic organization. Uh, there, there was not like a, a, a cohesive organization that was plotting a coup. That's not really what happened. There's a whole variety of different groups there and people with a variety of different beliefs, um, but are brought into a, a sort of uh, big tent unified movement unified around President Donald Trump. Some of these people were QAnon. Some of these people were Oath Keepers. uh, Some of them were other patriotic groups. 
Um, there are all sorts of different people there, um, but generally angry and disenfranchised uh, with the United States government. Is there anything to be concerned about when we look at these militia groups? You've mentioned Oath Keepers. I know I've heard of the Three Percenters before. Um, is there anything to be concerned about with those groups as you've learned over the years? There's definitely concerns. Uh, there's concerns that you know people with military training and combat experience have joined them. Um, I think that we're at a, a sort of inflection point right now where there's a lot of social turbulence and there's a, a propensity to act out. Um, what we're seeing now is, with, with this insurrection is a lot of people are politically activated in a way that they weren't previously, that you know, maybe this, this would have been something that they'd talk about online, that, hey, it's just a meme, it's just a joke. You know, we're just posting Pepe memes on 4chan. Well, that kind of metastasizes and turns into something else, and, and here we are today. So, no, I don't think we can just say it's just a meme or just a joke. I, I think now we're seeing action. People are actually taking action. Um, and I, I think there's absolutely a cause for concern. And that is why I am glad that you're on my team and that you'll continue to be able to report on this and sort of, you know, tell us what you see from the groups that I may not be connected to or that may not be obvious, you know, to the regular social media traveler. Jack Murphy, you can find your writing at ConnectingVets.com. Always a pleasure, man. And uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Yeah, thanks so much, Phil. Now, our next guest will really help us shed some light on what's going on here and what's going on behind the scenes. Army veteran Christopher Goldsmith is the founder of High Ground Veterans, an advocacy group that was created to fight for the rights of veterans. Goldsmith himself is a combat vet who has overcome his own struggle with PTSD and survived a suicide attempt, which inspired him to eventually move Congress to enact legislation to ensure that other vets who felt the same way will never again be subject to bad conduct discharges based on their own struggles with mental health. Recently, when I spoke with Chris about the violence and the vets involved, he shared with me that he knows firsthand what they're going through and that he was warning Congress about groups online that could inspire violence like we just saw over two years ago. You know, I, I could have easily been one of these people. I, I came home from Iraq disillusioned, pissed off, and, and frankly, psychologically broken. Uh, and emotionally broken. And had there been a, a QAnon, you know, I might have been driven towards it. Um, you know, the version of that that I went through back in 2008 was being a Ron Paul head, libertarian, spray painting Ron Paul revolution on my, you know, suburban uh, train platform. And then, you know, feeling like, oh, the authorities are oppressing me when they came and washed away that Ron Paul revolution spray paint. Um, you actually I, did that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was lost. I was um, vulnerable. And, uh, you know, this whole veteran patriotism, you know, perverse version of, of what I thought American government ought to look like, uh, I, I was, you know, I was going down that path for a long time. Now, when we return, we'll hear about Christopher Goldsmith's journey through post-combat PTSD and how he would eventually be the one to show Congress how the dark forces on the Internet were planting seeds that would eventually hijack 
our heroes. That's all ahead on CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Phil Briggs, a Navy veteran and reporter for ConnectingVets.com. Now today we're looking deeper at the vets involved in the violence at the U.S. Capitol. And I'm looking at what could push a patriot who once served their country so proudly to feel enraged, mad to the point that they would join a mob and bust up the place. Again, I recognize this was a small percentage of the overall people who attended President Trump's rally on January 6th, but it's an ugly reality that today's guest knows a lot about. Army veteran Christopher Goldsmith is a combat vet who founded High Ground Veteran Advocacy in order to protect the interests of all veterans. But along the way, he revealed how behind our social media is a war and some very dark forces are at work. Uh, your former Intel guy, former Intel soldier on the violent streets of Sadr City, I might add. Yeah. I was an on-the-ground intelligence reporter, but that is not an actual title, right? That it, That is something that was made up on the fly in Sadr City in 2005. I joined to blow shit up as a forward observer. Hmm. Um, and because I was in a densely populated city, they had to find a new job for me, um, which basically meant that I became the photo documentarian of, of my infantry platoon. Um, so it was, uh, it sounds boring. Uh, and like being an infantryman at, uh, 99.9% of the time it was boring. Uh, but it also meant that at 19 years old, you know, it was my job to photo document mass graves and stuff. And, and that's, uh, those types of experience or uh, experiences are, part of what shaped my entire adult life. And it would also shape why he got into advocacy in the first place. Struggling to deal with his own PTSD, there was a moment where Goldsmith tried to take his own life. And it was after that experience that he recognized that there was a need for other veterans who, because of their struggles with mental health, were being given bad paper discharges. Without getting into too great of detail, Goldsmith goes on to found an organization that not only fights against that, but gets the law changed and becomes one of the veteran community's fiercest advocates on the Hill. Now let's go to the day after the riot on the U.S. Capitol. And that's where I found one of Goldsmith's Twitter posts dramatic. And in fact, it's what inspired the interview you're listening to right now. The post said... I've spent years researching and warning about veterans being radicalized by foreign and domestic actors spreading viral, bogus, and hateful content. The Democrats on the House Veteran Affairs Committees investigated and released a report, and the Republicans on the House Veterans Affairs Committee objected. One veteran just died in the Capitol. When I finally got to testify about the 191-page report that I wrote about Vietnam Veteran of America's troll investigation, all the Republicans wasted their time and mine by complaining about how Facebook and Twitter were just simply mean to conservatives. This death, Goldsmith writes, is on their hands. And to be more specific, this death is on the hands of former committee ranking member, Representative Dr. Phil Rowe. It was under their direction and leadership that Republicans blocked any and all efforts by the Democrats to combat the targeting of vets 
for radicalization online. Yeah. So I first discovered the fake Vietnam Veterans of America organization, um, which was run by uh, Bulgarians and Russians uh, and had a quarter of a million followers and was spreading uh, viral, hateful uh, content back in the summer of 2018. And I immediately started ringing the alarm bells, going to the press, uh, going to the press, going to Facebook, going to members of Congress. And since then, every time that I've brought up anything related to Facebook, uh, you know, the Republicans have basically been like, oh, well, Facebook's mean to us. They censor conservative voices. And what pisses me off to no end is that when I got a chance to finally testify before the full committee in the House Committee on Veterans Affairs, it happened to be on the same day that uh, it was the first ever impeachment hearing. And all of the Republicans had their minds on that room instead of the room that they were in. And it is very clear to me that no Republican had bothered to look at the report, to skim through it, to look through, at least read the executive summary. Because during the entire hearing, the only thing that they talked about was how Facebook and Twitter is mean to conservatives and how this is outside of their jurisdiction. Well, I was there to talk about how veterans had been radicalized because uh, these foreign actors had been co-opting the name and, and trademarked logo of a congressionally chartered veteran service organization. That, that, by definition, a congressionally chartered veteran service organization and the targeting of the members of that organization are very much within the jurisdiction of, you know, what was then um, the ranking member of, of the House Committee on Veteran Affairs um, duties. And, you know, the, the idea that they would spend the entire committee talking about, uh, the entire hearing, talking about how Facebook and Twitter are mean to conservatives when that one is countered by not just researchers such as myself, but plain facts, uh, conservatives, conservative voices, conservative outlets dominate uh, in terms of, of pushing their messaging on all social media platforms, not just Parler and Gab, the ones that were created as safe spaces for uh, Nazis and, and uh, Republicans alike, but also for uh, Twitter and Facebook. I mean, these are, these are plain facts. They're out in the open. Um, and they were actually pushing disinformation uh, that was started by the very Macedonians who I had wrote about in my report, who stole uh, the, the online property of Vets for Trump, uh, a, a conservative political action organization that I would think that Republicans would be sympathetic to, but apparently they're like, well, you know, if Macedonians steal properties from a a Republican campaign and then promote that Republican campaign. That's not really a problem. Um, well, hmm. you know, this is a problem. What we saw on, on Wednesday is the logical conclusion to years and years of veterans being radicalized, first by uh, 
by foreign actors, by the Russians and Bulgarians and uh, Ukrainians uh, uh, that I found and wrote about in my report years ago, um, but now by domestic actors who are taking Americans, American veterans' patriotism and using it a wep- as a weapon against American democracy. Republicans mm. could have uh, done their due diligence, read my report, taken it seriously, engaged with myself and representatives of Facebook and Twitter seriously, uh, and, they, and they chose not to. They are uh, either blinded by partisanship or, uh, and, you know, and read my report and just dismissed it, uh, or they were too lazy to read the report and take it seriously. So that's why I think that the death of this veteran in the halls of Congress falls you know, at the feet of the members of the House Committee on Veterans Affairs on the Republican side, who refused over the last few years to work in a bipartisan manner uh, with the Democrats who did uh, end up writing their own report uh, about this issue. And, you know, not just writing about problems, but proposing solutions. When we don't address problems like veteran suicide, who's responsible? Well, our people that we elect to Congress to handle these issues. Well, these people have been elected to protect veterans, to serve veterans, to be proactive in combating issues that are raised by veteran advocates, and they have deliberately chosen to ignore this. And we have seen an assault on our democracy uh, and a desecration of the halls of Congress that hasn't happened since the War of 1812 under their watch. Man, when I first saw you on Twitter, you know, talking about this, I think even I didn't take it serious enough because I thought because of the word spoofing and using, you know, logos and using properties that make emails or make websites look really official that can lure people into thinking things and sharing articles. I really just thought we were talking Mm -hmm. about like, well, if you're not smart enough to figure out that the article you're sharing is probably bullshit. I didn't see the direct danger. I didn't see that, you know, okay, these fake websites, this fake news, if you will, (laughs) um, these articles they're sharing, I just thought, okay, you know, let them, if they're not smart enough to figure out that you should probably double check on a crazy fact, like there's pedophiles in a pizza parlor and we should storm Georgetown and with guns and, and, you know, take it over. (laughs) If you're not smart enough to double check that fact before you jump in your car and, bring a gun to DC, uh, you know, that's on you. I didn't see yeah. the real danger in masses drinking from this tainted Kool-Aid. Can you share with me an example of like in this report, did it specifically mention, Hey, there's a group like QAnon that's specifically targeting people with great military experience and infantry skills that range all the way from the grunt to the special operators. And they're calling for a revolution. So my, um, the mission that I was given by Vietnam veterans America was restricted to foreign entities who are targeting, uh, veterans with disinformation. So I was not able to, at the time, explore things like QAnon. And, and frankly, a year and a half ago, QAnon, was not on the radar of, of anyone except um, the disinformation specialists who've been at, at this 
um, a lot longer than I have. What I did focus on, though, is uh, how they how these foreign actors at the time were using the legitimacy of veteran service organizations to um, delegitimize uh, other groups of Americans, their political opinions, their identities. Um, you know, this, this fake Vietnam Veterans America page and, and those like it were sharing things uh, like phrases and memes like vets against illegals or vets before illegals, which is a phrase that, um, you know, sure, a lot, a lot of veterans uh, may agree with, but guys like me who served with undocumented vets uh, or undocumented soldiers while we were in, were in Iraq together, I don't want to lend any credibility to a hateful phrase like that, right? So the these foreign actors at the time were planting the seeds that QAnon started watering, uh, basically after my report was published. Mm, okay, uh, okay, what I'll, had I'll... originally been a foreign threat um, has now become almost entirely domestic. Mm, yeah, and uh, pardon me for stepping on you. I was just going to jump in and say that do you think now that maybe the people behind QAnon could be those same foreign actors that you were, that you basically found proof of? Foreign actors are absolutely amplifying QAnon. Um, you know, plenty of disinformation researchers have published, uh, have published reports about how uh, Chinese, Russian, Iranian, you know, our, our primary geopolitical uh, adversaries are amplifying things like QAnon, but uh, the main players, the people who they're amplifying or who matter more. And who's that? Well, this disgraced general, uh, former general, uh, fired Trump national security advisor, Mike Flynn. You know, Mike Flynn, uh, not just in his social media accounts, but, you know, has been showing up at these rallies claiming falsely without any evidence and whipping up his fellow veterans into a violent mob uh, that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. You know, what, again, what I, what I never imagined would become a domestic threat has been led uh, by people who, you know, frankly, uh, as a retired general, the, the DOD, UCMJ still has jurisdiction over, over that guy and his retirement pay. And I, I, I think that the Pentagon already, you know, ought to start taking this seriously and uh, rein the general in, strip him of his rank, uh, and certainly stop paying him. I mean, the man's a convicted, uh, convicted felon. So what if he got his pardon? Uh, you know, he's, he's partly responsible for whipping up a mob to invade the halls of Congress to desecrate the... Uh, the most recognized symbol of democracy in the world. That's crazy. And I kind of see how the dots can be connected now. And you know what, as we all know from PSYOP operations or from military operations, uh, using psychological warfare, uh, even if QAnon is not, even if we can't prove it's being run by some Russian troll factory and kick in the door in the Ukraine and go arrest everybody behind their little laptops with their hoodies up over their faces. Um, even if we can't do that, their intention 
through the fake websites and the spoofing, if you will, of these veteran organizations years ago have watered the seeds that created what grew and really just shocked us all on Wednesday. Um, Amazing stuff. I know you touched on it earlier and I want to leave with this. What the hell do we do about this? I know you had, and that executive summary even of um, Mm -hmm. that report had a few things to do to help prevent this. And you mentioned it before with a little bit of hygiene, share with me what needs to happen. So cyber hygiene uh, is, is an idea that, we as Americans and, you know, starting with veterans ought to start adopting as part of our overall, overall healthcare. How can the VA get involved in, in helping veterans to maintain their cyber hygiene? Well, they can do it through education programs. Now, I'm not advocating for, you know, any mandatory programs or anything like that. Yeah, don't right? tell me the state's going to start indoctrinating what I think. It, yeah, exactly. But we have, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of Vietnam veterans who are retired now who are spending, especially during the pandemic, more and more time on the Internet consuming what has, uh, I think, demonstrably been proven as very dangerous disinformation. And the VA ought to offer them something to do with their time. And uh, you can gamify anything in education. You can gamify uh, education programs that are completely optional uh, for veterans to do on their own time so that they can become, uh, you know, if they, we all, you know, we all want to fight. We all want to serve, right? That is, that is our nature as veterans. Well, we should be fighting on the side of democracy, fighting on the side of justice and truth. And we can only do that if we can recognize reality from uh, from this fictional world that uh, you know, General Flynn and the rest of the QAnon cult uh, has been pushing. Um, you know, we and a larger part of cyber hygiene is is something I think that's probably a lot less controversial. You know, how about we've seen all of these hacks? Um, you know, the OPM data breach. I had a secret security clearance. I, I know tons of people listening to this had secret security clearances. Well, if the OPM data breach uh, that we believe China got into circa 2015, 2012, or something like that, well, they have all of your background information. You know, not just your name, your address, your social security number, but your banking information and who your friends are, where you live during what years. So they could do full you know, untold damage with that information. Well, the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, has a responsibility to to pick up the pieces from the mess that DOD made. And DOD and OPM allowed China to get their hands on this information and could at any time use it to economically destroy a large portion, portion of the veterans population. So the Department of Veterans Affairs cleaning up that mess should be offering free um, identity theft insurance to veterans. Uh, they should be, you know, offering opportunities for uh, training so that veterans can better recognize if their identity is being stolen by someone outside the United States. If, you know, someone has created a faked LinkedIn account under your name, using your former rank to connect with uh, with your veteran friends without your knowledge, 
um, you know, your reputation could be ruined, right? Mm. So this type of thing falls under cyber hygiene, and that's something that the House Committee on Veterans Affairs um, will hopefully be talking about throughout 2020, 2021 and beyond, and it will hopefully be something that the Biden administration picks up uh, because, you know, after years of ringing the alarm bells, it's, it's uh, pretty clear that no one who had anything to do with uh, the Republican uh, Party in the, in the House and, and Senate uh, or anywhere near Trump uh, would be willing to do anything like this. Mm. Do you fear this will happen again? Maybe not storming the Capitol, but do you fear that we'll see another riot, another uprising at another gathering in the not too far distant future? Yeah, I mean, these these people who've been planning this, what's what's disturbing to me is that uh, the D.C. police were not listening to people like myself who've been saying like, hey, guys, these terrorists, these domestic terrorists are planning to storm the Capitol out in the open. Uh, not just in, you know, hell holes like Gab and, and Parler that are, you know, for neo-Nazis and their sympathizers, but on Twitter and Facebook. Um, they're, those same people are planning a million militia march to storm the Capitol to prevent the inauguration of uh, the legitimate president, Joe Biden, on January 20th. Um these plans are being made out in the open right now, and the government ought to be paying attention to disinformation researchers because we're, uh, we've been ringing the alarm bells, and people need to start listening before we see the capital overtaken again. And that's where we'll leave it, man, right on. Christopher Goldsmith, I can't thank you enough. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've followed you, you know, for years now, but um, wow. Thank you for really putting an exclamation point on uh, what we need to be looking out for in the future. Yeah. Thanks, brother. I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to help get this out there. So that does it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. Now, we'd love to hear from you. So follow us on Twitter at IonVeterans, or you can reach me at PhilBriggsVet. I'm always down to get your hot takes and spicy memes, and I'd love to talk to you every week. So please like and subscribe. Hell, even give us a review of the show, because the comments and reviews really help us tailor the show to you. Again, I'm Phil Briggs, Navy veteran and reporter with ConnectingVets.com in Washington, D.C. And I look forward to talking to you again on another episode of CBS Audio's Eye on Veterans. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Eye on Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.